The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Today's special Halloween episode of Paper Cuts. I'm your host, Louisa Cossa, joined by my co-hosts, Karen Das and Gina Todd. And I'm going to stop doing the Halloween voice now. Is that right? <laughs> Louisa, that just came out of nowhere and I loved it. <laughs> it's like you've been practicing. I did practice. Oh, did you? <laughs> so polished. Thanks. Um, I really, really love Halloween specials, so we're not going to do one, but I just wanted to thank you for indulging me. All right. I'm like out of breath now. <laughs> so today on Paper Cuts is our seventh episode. It's our October episode. It's 9.45 a.m.-ish. And it's time to get into the little intros. So thank you to everyone who tuned in, interacted with us on social media and in real life. Do we have any real, real life encounters lately? Nah. Mm. Nothing can top that seal story. I know, I know. I haven't been. I don't feel like I've been going out much. So, yeah, I neither. Been talking to people. Mm, I haven't been getting out much either. Um, but speak. So that seal story was Jenny from Ellen and Unwin. And yeah. speaking of, they have kindly given us something to give away. Yeah. So from Ellen and Unwin, we've got a tote bag, which is a very special edition normal people tote bag. So cool. So you may remember we reviewed this in the last podcast, and one thing that we love about it, apart from a great story, is it has an awesome cover, mm. and it has this great sardine can with two people inside it as it yeah. peels open, and that is on the tote bag. How will people enter this, guys? Or even even talked have about no it? I have no idea. I guess just like tweet at us and email? say that you email? want it. Email. Email, email us. us. Email us because we want to get some emails. Okay. Papercutspod at gmail.com. Email us. Papercutspod at gmail.com. Subject line, normal people. Yeah. And like tell us something that you liked about the book. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or not. Or that you didn't like about the book. <laughs> or give us a book recommendation. Mm. Honestly, just, just say get anything. In touch. Just say anything. Yeah. Get, get in touch. In touch. <laughs> yeah. So professional. Yeah. Freestyle. But that's pretty cool, eh? And you'll be, there's not that many people in New Zealand that will have that this tote, so you'll be pretty special. Special. I am obsessed with totes. Anyone who knows me knows that I have so many totes and I just love them. Where do you keep your totes? I have a hook um, inside my wardrobe. Mm -hmm. It's kind of about to snap off. It's yeah, really way down. Is it about to snap off? Yeah, it's about to snap off. The longer you live, the more tote bags you accumulate, mm -hmm. I find. I'm trying to be minimalist in my tote bag. Uh, I can't. Because I had too many. 
Yeah, and they, I always leak food in them, so they have a shelf mm. life. Oh, hard out. Yeah, those leftovers from Peach Pit. Oh, oh God, man. yeah. <laughs> the soft <laughs> crab was a bad one. Actually, I have, like, this, like, gross puddle of Mapo tofu in the basket of my bike. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> I, I did squash a plum in one of mine. That Ooh, doesn't look good. Bloody. <laughs> Yesterday I came across this really warm, fuzzy story um, in the my favourite New Zealand paper, the Otago Daily Times. <laughs> Independent. <laughs> Independent. Um, about this, an inaugural prison writing, writing prize that was awarded. Um, they A competition where people could write a story and a poem and then they gave the prizes out to anonymous winners. It was so sweet. Mm. Oh, it was. And the, um, the guy who the won video. it, he, he said, "You know, thank you for people to helping me learn again." And it was just so wonderful. We'll put the link on um, on our little page because it's so nice. Yeah, it brought a little tear to my eye. Did it? Yeah, it did. Well, oh. everything does. <laughs> but this is that's true. Right. Everything does. <laughs> everything does. Um, me too. Cute animals. Um, also, if I try and sing in a high pitch, I get tears in my eyes. <laughs> I think I have like faulty tear ducts. Um, anyway, um, but it was a beautiful little piece, and, and it really is a great argument for um, you know education as rehabilitation. Mm. And I think they're putting the pieces in the ODT this weekend. Cool. Yeah, sweet. Keep, Keep an, an eye, eye out. out for that. Keep an eye out, and I'm sure they'll put them online too. Yeah, yeah. Love a bit of Dunedin news. Uh, I'll always we, sneak it in there. Do we know that? Um, do people know about who is the um, who runs the social media account? Dunedin News? You mean the best of Dunedin News? The best of Dunedin News. I think it's just an anonymous person. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a really good Instagram account that you guys should follow. Best of Dunedin News. Yeah, there's there's this community, I mean, it's all good community Facebook pages, um, Dunedin News. There's some wild stuff on there, and some genius has started an Instagram account um, getting the best of the best. Right, some genius. Yeah. All right, what other book news do we have? We have a big ticket item for the book news this week, the winner of the Man Booker Prize. Uh, so exciting. Um, Milkman by Anna Burns. And I read a really great piece, um, an opinion column in The Guardian by Suzanne Moore. Snap. And, um, yeah, about how working-class talent is going to waste. And, you know, I just really love this kind of salient point she made about how creative industries now belong to the wealthy and their offspring and being poor and dependent is seen as kind of a failure and the success of Milkman is such a cause for celebration in that instance. Um, when Anna Burns wrote the book she was very poor and used food banks. She thanked the local food bank um, in the acknowledgements of Milkman and um, she had chronic back pain and was kind of working around that. So the book took a really long time to write. And I just wanted to say there's been a lot of buzz about the book being impenetrable and difficult to read. And I just want to say that's actually not true. Once you plug yourself into it, you're in there. Fake and news. Fake news. Um, you're, you're in there and it's a really immersive world. Um, and I like in how Suzanne Moore's article, she said, you know, for those people calling the novel impenetrable, where have you been? It's not as impenetrable as trying to navigate the benefits and housing system when you're in chronic pain. Oh. So. <laughs> um, 
So she's the first ever winner from Northern Ireland as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and cool. the book Milkman is set in um, a fictitious, well, unknown Northern Ireland town, which you know to be Belfast. Mm. And During um, the Troubles, so-called. The right? Troubles, yeah. So troubles it's in Ireland. just got this amazing atmosphere, very menacing, very kind of, kind of sinister. And um, she has a really strong voice it's very internal the the unnamed narrator um the character and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Emma McBride that kind of distinctive you know when you were talking about impenetrability Mm. and you know Irishness that's what I thought of I've not read The Milkman but I have read Emma McBride McBride. okay yeah 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 yeah. Um, (laughs) the author of A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing yeah Um, and The Lesser Bohemians which is amazing I haven't read that but it also reminded me of Solar Bones which was um you know on the shortlist for the Man Booker last year and people made a lot of buzz about how that was oh there's no punctuation there's no full stops in this book but it was so readable and so immersive and really beautiful. And I think both of these books are quite lyrical. Cool. Do you think, and this is slightly slightly tangential, but I was thinking this morning because uh, one of the books that I'm going to do a mini-review of later, it is quite sort of um, unusual in its, in its narrative structure. And it made me think of how people don't necessarily always give books that are sort of unusual in any mm. way a chance because yeah. books are sort of not regarded as art, they're seen as a, uh, like an escape, an escapism, you know, something to relax with, oh, I'm just relaxing with a book on the beach, and that's great, but you know, like with movies, you have movies that are for relaxing, and then you also have movies that are art, and, it's you so know, relative and all those grey areas in between, exactly, it's, it's so, so, relative. so relative, but I think, you know, give books a chance to yeah. be art, and to experience them in that way, in a sort of, and have a little patience, you know, in the first few pages. Well, that's what's so great about the Man Booker as well, is that, you know, as soon as Milkman won, people rush in to purchase it and they want to see what the fuss is about. And it's people that wouldn't necessarily ever consider a book like that. And I think it gives these books a chance. Mm. It's quite exciting when something like that wins because when you look at something that hasn't been selling as well and then it just gives this extra boost where, like, say if the Mars Room won, that's very easy to sell mm. on its own. So I kind of like when something from behind comes comes through. Or not, that, I mean, it's hard to even say whether it's behind because yeah. we're not a judge. But. but that's the other interesting thing about the shortlist is that all the books that made the shortlist from the long list, they bypassed the top three bestsellers um, Mm, that were on the long list, you know, things like the the very basic thriller, um, Snap, and Normal People, which um, was, those two were one of the highest sellers in the UK. And they've gone for ones, you know, like a debut novel from a 27-year-old, Daisy Johnson, Everything Under, which you're reading, Jenna. Yeah, I'm about um, 80 pages in, and it's so beautiful. Mm. It's just this beautiful story about a young woman whose mother has um, come back into her life after 16 years being missing and her mum has dementia and she's looking after her. And then so she's looking back on her child with, with her and her mum isn't, wasn't a good mother and they lived on a canal boat and then um, she just goes off and the girl lives by herself while still looking for her mum and then she comes back into her life while she's really ill. And so it's, just, it's very like poetically written and looks at that, tense relationship of mother and daughter. I'm really enjoying it so far. That's interesting because someone confidently said to me the other day, oh, it's based on the story of, 
Was it Oedipus? Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Was it? I oh, heard, it wasn't yeah. me that told you. No, no, but no. I heard that. Yes. Maybe it was Telford who said it um, confidently and possibly baselessly. Well, um, yes. <laughs> I'm only in the beginning, so I will something say then. could come because I know that there's... Um, Is there a, a father coming there's, into this? There's, some, there's mm. some, a couple of men that may come through. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I look forward to hearing any Oedipal yeah. updates. I'll let you know when, when <laughs> I've Oedipal? finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's obviously a climax in the yeah. book where something really bad happened in that in that time. Mm. But I just wanted to say about Mookman, I do really recommend it. Okay. Um, yes, I also really want to read that. It's really... The Milkman, the character, he's not really a Milkman. He's a um, paramilitary... Oh, man. That's and he a bit of a is, um, yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> you know that from the very beginning. <laughs> okay. And he is stalking an 18 year old girl, and he is very oppressive, very violent. Ooh. It is very um, claustrophobic and terrifying. The kind of sense of sinister menace is um, really amazing. But, you know, the, the troubles were, you know, very violent 30 year period. Um, framed around the civil rights, um, constitutional status of Northern Ireland. And so that's like this really intense kind of backdrop. But it very much feels like a novel of the times. It's post-Brexit. It's a very similar kind of tension. Mm. Um, I mean, a novel for post-Brexit time. Oh, oh, I see. And um, it's very cautionary. And there's also very much a Me Too and um, gender relations in there. Oh, Um, that sounds bloody good. I just think, yeah, go Anna Burns. I'll link this on our page, but I listened to quite a good discussion of it on the Guardian Books podcast. It was just three people coming together talking about it. Oh, I listened to that too. Yeah, did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. I really did. They gave a really good case for why you should read it, and they were talking about the thing of people talking about how it's hard to read, but they were saying it's not. It's such a throwaway. People just build this up in their heads, I think. It's too hard, too hard, and then they hear someone say it. Yeah. And then they kind of repeat it, and it's just kind of bullshit, really. Well, to be honest, when I first picked it up, I was like, oh, wow, there's, it's very, there's not many paragraphs. It was just lots of text. You don't even notice that when you read it. Yeah, though. that's you know, true. You sort of, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to read it. I think we can give our opinion next time if we've all read it by then. Yeah, I can do a, do a little update. Mm. Um, so next in Book News, I have uh, New Zealand Bookshop Day. Yes, very exciting. Um, this, this Saturday, Saturday the so... 27th of October, is New Zealand Bookshop Day. New Zealand Bookshop Day has been going for about four years now, do you think? Around that. and Maybe a bit longer. It was following the model of um, the English and Australian Bookshop Days, also in America as well, and it's just one full-on shebang celebration where we encourage anyone to just go to their local bookshop for the day and pop your head in, say hi. A lot of bookshops around the country will have like various promotions, giveaways, events, people um, talking. I know um, the On The Rag podcast girls are going to be, I just recommend going in to check out what's on and we'll link on to um, the Booksellers New Zealand list of all the events that are on. Yeah, you might get a, you might get a free book. You might get a balloon. You might get tote nothing. bag. You might get a cookie. <laughs> Give me a tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to get a tote bag. <laughs> Ideally, a tote bag. But it's um, just a really great celebration. And even if you haven't been into one before, or you don't usually go into them, um, it's just a nice just reminder, in. isn't yeah. it? It's just really a nice good atmosphere. Excuse. Great atmosphere. Very buzzy. Yeah, it certainly will be on Saturday, I think. 
Um, and also an update from Word Christchurch, a podcast of Karen Das's session. Oh, yes. Is now available online. Yes, it is. And we will link it on our on our page. So you'll remember from previous episodes, I did a session with Philip Paul, Chris Teese, Pip Adam and Nick Lowe at Word Christchurch, uh, the Writers' Festival. And the podcast is now online. And I listened to it this morning before I came in and... I didn't cringe once at myself. The others are amazing. Such great, <laughs> great, great, great insights um, and pieces about music writing. Really, really cool. So mm. definitely recommend listening to that podcast. I am going to. I only found out about it when I looked at the notes this morning. It was very exciting. Yeah. You um, might have did that at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I was like, when did... Okay, um, moving on. I love how... Um, I don't know, with technology and stuff you can, and they do it with the Auckland Writers Festival as well, how you can go back and go to listen to those sessions Isn't that, that you may cool? not make it to. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's yeah. bloody cool. It's not just lost forever. Yeah, yeah I know. Archive it extends it. the life of, of a great session. Um, and speaking of Kieran Das doing things, um, she... Sorry, <laughs> I do too much. You Karen. can't avoid me. <laughs> no, this is cool though. Um, so Karen's <gasps> going to be chairing a session at Lit Crawl and Lit Crawl is on in Wellington from November the 8th till November the 11th. So she's chairing a session with Zoya Patel and um, I, if did anyone hear Zoya Patel on Kim Hill? I did. We did. We, did. we were messaging yeah, we each other. Yeah, we were. It was. I, yeah, I just heard it by chance. It was fantastic. She was so fantastic. great. Eh? So tell us about who Zoya Patel is. So I mean, you see, you've got the book there as well. I've got the book here, and I do really recommend it. Um, she is an Australian writer, editor, and feminist, and she's written this amazing collection here called No Country Woman: A Memoir of Not Belonging. And just that title really speaks to me. Um, and reading this, I've just been nodding along in recognition. It's so many of these um, issues that she brings up. And it's published by Hachette. And she in it, she explores the cultural complexities of being Fijian Indian and growing up in Australia in this kind of uncomfortable zone to navigate and not really fitting in in either place. And so it's very much a galvanising kind of take on identity, race, religion, feminism, and it's written with such clarity and care. I just, yeah, relate so much to it, but just really important um, in terms of, you know, just modern day feminism. Um, she's such a great voice. Yeah, and she had some really interesting, yeah, sorry, no, no. some really interesting things to say about um, the intersection of her mm. feminism mm. and, um, I mean, she's not religious now, but she still has a sort of a Muslim identity that she shares with her family. And she just spoke so um, beautifully about. Mm about that intersection and um yeah I think it's going to be a really great session because she is uh, speaks really well as well as well as and writing so thoughtful so well. yeah really thoughtful um the book is written with such care and craft I think and so I'm really looking forward to this session I think Lit Crawl um is just a really kind of exciting little festival and it runs on the Saturday and they have an extended series which runs from Thursday to the Sunday and what I love about it is that it's just a really good example of kind of bright, live, lively and diverse programming um, by Claire Maybe and it's a combination of free, ticketed and koha events so it's quite accessible. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I just think if you're in Wellington, please come to this session. It's called No Country Woman and it's Saturday, November the 10th, um, 11.30 at the City Gallery. And do you have any other sessions at Lit Crawl you're interested in? Or are you doing uh, something out while you're down there? 
there's I've actually arranged it so I can be there for most of the festival because cool. I always kind of miss out. Um, and honestly, like I looked at the program, you can pick them up around town, and there are so many things in there that look great. There's a great Irish poet, so many great local authors, um, so many good sessions. That's what I love about Wellington is that it's so um, it's so small that you can walk yeah. around. And yeah, it's a grid. It's very friendly. Yeah, community Imagine friendly. Like cruel Auckland. Oh my god. You'd just Driving be like around. hopping on the lime scooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could around. Okay, maybe this is spark a good idea of a scooter sponsored. Um, oh oh yeah, yeah. Because um, I was saying to Tina that my Uber driver was like renting you out the scooters. He was like, everyone's oh. getting on the scooters instead of Ubers. I was like, well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and Stu, was, Stu was asking, my husband was asking how you and I would get to the yeah. pod today. And I was like, I'm going to take the car. Because I can't bike Karen there. Can't He's double like, me. Yeah, and he was like, why don't you scoot down on the scooters? I was like, I just can't see Karen on a scooter. Oh, my God. <laughs> was I right uh, about that? Was she wrong? <laughs> I can't imagine me on a scooter I can't. either. I'm, I'm spatially weird me for too. a start. We, we don't drive. We've bonded on this. Yeah. Spatially weird. Kind of, I'd, I think I'd yeah. be a bloody hazard. I can't navigate across the room without bumping into something and giving <laughs> yeah. myself a huge bruise. Yeah, I've and got bruises all over my yeah, legs. Girl. Maybe if we had more time, we had a 15-minute window to get here, and I was like, oh, God, we can't trial and error the scooter thing in this time. <laughs> all right, well, maybe we'll have a scooter update for people next next time, thrillingly. Anyway, you can you can nip um, over to litcrawl.co.nz um, and check out the program. I am slightly considering going down myself. <gasps> come down, Lou. Ooh, come down, please. You should come down too. We could do a roving, um, roving paper cut. Oh, okay. This Lit is crawl. a great idea that we should talk about. Yeah, my. okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm into it. Um, okay, and then um, our last item, which will sort of smoothly transition us into um, into different sections, is the Unity Book of the Month. And it is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. Um, so this is set in the um, set in outback Queensland. Two brothers meet at the border of their vast cattle properties under the unrelenting sun. They're at the Stockman's Grave, um, which is some kind of local landmark. But um, they're having some kind of like family face-off and it's all quite sort of dramatic and um you know like tense and that's what Jane Harper's really known for is she's this she writes these tense um Australian thrillers that are really quite dark she's she's really taken off in that kind of Mm. um Gone Girl-esque um genre and I think that's one of her favorite authors I think she was hugely successful at the Auckland Writers Festival too. Like it was just one that I would hear people say, Jane Harper. Was I think she was one of the top selling authors mm. at the um, with her book, Festival. The Dry. Yeah, that's mm. her most Dry. well known. And then the next one, The Force of Nature. What I know about it is that five workmates go into the bush on a work <laughs> trip and four come back. Ooh. Yeah, workmates. Ooh. So I think this is going to be a really good twisty thriller for you. Okay. So thanks, Unity. Thanks for yeah, the thanks, suggestion. Thanks, Unity, for another solid recommendation. Um, okay, so speaking of books, I guess, or whatever, um, you know, um, on the... Um, <laughs> that, old, that old thing. <laughs> that, was a tra- that was a smooth transition that I was foregrounding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought we could talk about what's on the spin-off books page. 
Mm. Ah, which we can tra- transition yes, into our yes, book yes, review. Yes, yes. See, this is my plan. <laughs> You're a genius. Have I ever told you that? An really? evil genius. Beautiful so, genius. Thank you. Oh, thank we, you. We have been, we had planned about a month ago to review this book called The Ice Shelf by Anne Kennedy, and we have all loved we it. We all love it. It's a rave it. review from us. However, yesterday, or was it the day before? Day before. Um, Monday. Mon- no, Tuesday, Monday. Um, we've, we've got a, a difference of opinion. Opinion, on, the um, books on the spin-off books page um, and this is a review by Charlotte Grimshaw and I want to start off by saying first of all you know it's a you know it's a great review and thank you to Charlotte for writing it you know I always mm. I've written book reviews in the past and I feel like all you get is people going like snarling at you and going yeah wrong yeah wrong <laughs> and it's like well this person has actually written something that is in itself a piece of of writing and of art. So, well, you know, I also props. think it's very brave to come out as a New Zealand writer yourself in a small industry to critique another book by a New Zealand writer because that mm. is a hard um, industry to do that in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but so I still she, didn't agree with the review. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> neither. So, uh, yeah, I res- I respectfully disagree with um with her review of that. Um, so she um, was, I think, one of the. Um, well, should we just talk about the book? Let's first? talk about yeah, and then the we book. can talk about all of our opinions, including yeah. Charlotte Grimshaw's. Good, okay, the fourth podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ice Shelf is a novel by Anne Kennedy. She is Auckland-based writer, and she's written this. Um, it's kind of a what would you say? It's a comic, tragic comic novel, they and call it's it eco comedy. Eco comedy, and um, it's about Janice, a Wellington-based writer who's about to head off to Antarctica on an arts fellowship, and she's the kind of person I reckon that just has no sense of self-awareness. No, no self-awareness, <laughs> and she exactly. Thinks, she thinks that people are laughing with her, but they're kind of laughing at her. She's no um, emotional intelligence. So the evening before flying out to Antarctica, she's meant to attend these um, Antarctica Awards ceremony at the National Library, and she's been recently separated from her uptight partner, Miles, and um, her only possession of substance is this kind of glossy, green, vintage-styled fridge. And it's so dear to her, and so she breaks into the house to um, to free it, free it, yeah, to liberate it <laughs> from the beautiful 1950s apartment <laughs> that she's had to vacate after Miles has asked her many a time to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny just talking about it. I know love. there is every single page. The thing about this book, every single page, there was a bit that cracked me up, and I wanted to read out to somebody. Exactly. I'm sort of looking out for people, like, oh, I just want to read you on the bit. street. Excuse and me. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm still laughing about it, but it's not just that, is it? I mean, it is. No, it is very funny, but there's it's, more to it. Actually, it's touching and um, there's bits that made me cry. I mean, obviously I that bar is low, but <laughs> and some bits that are really dark, dark as well. Yes. Oh, um, I guess like one thing is that's very clever about the book is that it's written as an acknowledgement section. <laughs> the whole book. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's so it's so true because Jenna, you yeah. had to, you had warned me even you were like the whole book is written as an acknowledgement section. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was flicking through, going, oh, I wonder when the acknowledgement was same. When is the acknowledgement? And then you feel like such a doofus. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it starts out acknowledgements, and she's um, brimming with gratitude. You're yeah. brimming with gratitude, and um, you know you're kind of unanchored from that moment. You're sort of you're sort of kind of swept off your feet by the book because you're going, oh, I didn't know that Anne Kennedy has recently broken up with someone named Miles and yet here she is thanking them and you're like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. 
Um, and then um, from there, it's it's a bloody roller coaster, I have to say, um, because you are swept along by. It, I will say that it's a very Wellington. Um, novel. It's uh, so recognisable, isn't it? The landscape is actually really beautifully yeah. evoked, all the sort of kind of like damp valleys and the... Arrow Valley and Willis Street. Yeah, and, and the, the gorgeous Art Deco apartments yeah. on um, Oriental Parade mm. and the and the shitty apartments yeah. in like Brooklyn and, I mean, yeah, very poor. Anyway, um, but, um, you know, it's funny because you, you are sort of laughing at this really painful writer character who is so obsessive about all the kind of slights that she's that she perceives herself to have suffered from the literary community and she's sort of <laughs> naming and shaming and it's and she's and it's just so absurd but then as the novel progresses you um start to um get a sense of what her life has been her, like you you learn more about her backstory and then there's this kind of amazing shift i think where you start feeling this empathy and everything starts to make sense including her yeah. attachment to the fridge mm, you absolutely you understand why it makes perfect sense and it's so clever and so well plotted and there's also this underlying story of the environment mm. and how we're fucking everything up. Yeah, and I think um, that tonal shift is something that um, Charlotte Grimshaw in her um, review kind of took issue with. She was saying that it's it, it's sort of you just... You can't have it both ways or something. Is that yeah, something, something, that she said? something to that effect of like, you know, um, it's it, it, it doesn't really have the kind of... It's not centred, it sort mm. of is all over the place. Mm. Um, but I think that that is part of the genius of the book personally because the character yeah. is all over the place it's not Anne Kennedy who's all over the place mm. but it is this remarkable work of of metafiction where you mm. um there are all these sort of layers of text to peel back you know like it you know tricks about you know it being a long acknowledgement section and then it's really funny because the only back matter you know the stuff at the end of the book um is an acknowledgement section. Yeah, a real acknowledgement yeah. section. <laughs> you win one. Right. It's just, uh, yeah, the lols just keep on coming. And I love how um, it does, yeah, it's meta. She references her, Anne Kennedy references her previous book, Last Days of the National Costume. Yes. And I think she even makes a little dig at the cover. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's too so funny. funny. It, it's sort of it's sort of bitchy, but but in the in the sort of self aware way. It's, yeah, it's, it's very self aware. And the the tonal voice that her character characters have that it's you can just imagine her saying these things, and the way that it's written, you can f hear the inflections of where things are meant to be, yes. kind of digging. And um, I also really Quite like subtle. What's her friend Mandy, who she yeah. stays with? How you think Mandy? must be a really caring friend and then it kind of shifts that you kind of see from Mandy's point of view what living with Janice is like. A nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> but then you also have, and I'm not going to spoil it, so don't tense up, but, you know, there's there's this, people talk about a murder in the book. Mm. Um, people are accusing Janice of a murder. Oh, gosh, yes. And then when and you find so, out what actually happened, it is so not what you think. And it's upsetting. It's mm. really upsetting, and it's, it's a total... devastating. Your, your point of view is completely turned around when you find out what the so-called murder really is. Mm. I just got goosebumps, too, when oh, I thought of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it constantly reveals itself. <laughs> Do you think we really like it because we're part of the book industry and we kind of have an insight into what she is talking about do you think just that's a, a really good point do you think a reader who doesn't even really understand publishing in New Zealand or you know they just read a book because it's there would I, they find it as funny as we did I kind of think it is multi-layered though and mm. it's kind of like the yeah. Simpsons you know you yes. can take from it what you 
you know, you what, can, what you know about, yeah. um, I think. And then what you yeah. don't know about just kind of skates by and you're like, oh, yeah, some literary foundation. You know, you don't need to know that it's based on a real-life literary and foundation maybe, for it to be funny. Yeah. Maybe people will like it more. You know, yeah. hence, hence um, Grimshaw not um, liking yeah, it that much because true. she is part of that community. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I would, um, yeah, if I were an author and I was reading a book in which New Zealand authors were being pilloried, my shoulders would be up around my ears mm. um, for sure. You know, I'd be like and tensing up. Some of them might recognise themselves in it. And well, it just has some names. So, it has just full-blown names in there yeah, as well. Yeah, it straight up drops actual names. <laughs> but it kind of has this um, jibbing, kind of caring jibbing, I yeah. guess, that yeah. is quite funny. So well pitched, eh? Like yeah. Just really nuanced, really pitch perfect. It could I go wrong so. in um, other instances, I think. Masterful. I yeah, yeah, I thought it was absolutely masterful. I think it's my favourite book of the year. We all, Ooh, yeah. we all recommend this yeah. book. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, I was just, I was blown away. Cool. Yay. I'm glad you loved it. And it has a great cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've heard some um, some differing reviews of the cover. Oh, not, really? Not everyone loves it. Is that um, right? But I think that the people who love it less haven't read the book. Mm. And um, I think it's a really good, um, it really evokes, <laughs> I mean, it's Janice with the fridge. Struggling the, with the fridge in a long coat in the wind and rain. And it Wellington. looks like Wellington. I think that. Um, it's beautiful. It looks, like, it looks quite gothic. And I think that maybe people are, oh God, another New Zealand gothic novel. Spare me. Maybe they think it's a graphic novel. Maybe they something. think it's a graphic novel. Um, I think it's a great cover too. And, Striking. Um, it actually, speaking of the New Zealand gothic, there's just one more thing I want to talk about in the book, which is... Um, I just find it so funny when Janice um, references um, Sam Neill's documentary, <gasps> yes! The Cinema, Cinema of, of Unease, unease and, um, which I still haven't seen, but it, I've been meaning to watch it for Cinema a long of time. Yeah, and she keeps on like, she goes, she talks about how her partner is sort of a strong, silent type, <laughs> and she sort of evokes, you know, because The Cinema of Unease is about the New Zealand Gothic yeah. in cinema, right? Am I right? Okay, good. It is so good. You have to I watch know, it. I know, I've been meaning to. I've like had it on my like queue for like years. <laughs> Um, and anyway, but she is, she, then she just starts like just being like, it was very cinema of unease. And like, <laughs> yeah. just as the shorthand for when people are being sort of awkward, awkward. and silent and sort of Kiwi <laughs> about things. I love um, it. I We're going to start using it. Using I, it feel like, totally. I feel like it'll seep into everyday kind of. Well, Louisa, Louisa and I need to watch it and then we can. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. we can confidently. Oh, I'm still going to. I'm going to say it confidently without watching <laughs> it, and then. Oh, but I will watch it as well. So I just, but I hope that the. The um, spin-off review doesn't put people off reading mm. it. But yeah, you same. also reviewed it in The Herald and gave it a positive review, Karen. Yes, so I a glowing review. Yeah. I did review it in The Herald. So Everybody yeah. needs to have opinions. I mean, reviews are them. great yeah. because they generate conversation and they make people. And yeah, actually, someone said to me, oh, I read Charlotte Grimshaw's review in um, the spin-off and she didn't like it, but you did like it. And I was like, ha-ha, yeah. this is very exciting. And yeah. now we get to talk about it. Mm. So mm. I'm uh, into it. Yeah, it was very refreshing amazing read and I just I just love to laugh I love black comedy and that's exactly what it yeah. is too. yeah definitely tickled the old funny bone <laughs> god that was so cheesy um so do you guys do we have do we have time for many reviews we could just do a little quick go look yeah, around eh? okay okay we don't really have time but I don't care can always cut the news out yeah <laughs> yeah Make that's true the reviews. yeah screw the news um okay so my book can I just can I go first mm. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> You're right there, Tina. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, um, so my book is called Faces in the Crowd. Mm. It's written by a woman called Valeria mm. Luiselli. I hadn't heard of this. It looks great. Um, so the way that I found out about this was actually that I read it in the text that a friend of mine, the artist Selena Urshadi, wrote for her video um, art piece that was um, that's called Hollywood Ave. It was at Window Gallery on their online um, mm. kind of iteration, and the text was really fantastic, and so was the video. And I just noticed that she referenced this book, and so I went to the, my handy-dandy library app, and I reserved it, and then it turned up, you know, at the library, and I grabbed it, and I, was, I had no idea what to expect. Um, it's so fantastic. It's published by Granta Books, mm. and everyone knows and respects Granta Books, mm. but I have to say... This book has reignited my respect for them because mm. it is by um, uh, this woman is completing her PhD. She's never written a novel before. Um, she is from Mexico City, and it is a work of translation as well. And the novel itself is it deals. It's about a woman who uh, is living with her partner and her children, and she's remembering when she was young, living in New York, working for a translation house, and there are lots of kind of issues around translation and about writing and writers, poets, um, different poets kind of translating each other's works. Um, and she discusses her obsession with a writer named um, Gilberto Owen, mm. um, who I haven't even looked in to see if he's real right. or not. <laughs> anyway, um, and as the novel progresses, um, we get more and more of Gilberto Owen and their lives start to sort of overlap and there's lots of stuff about sort of ghosts and sort of, but not mm. ghosts in a spooky way. <laughs> ghosts in the, in the sorry, ghosts in the sense of you know kind of time overlapping and and people sort of having parallel identi identities. There's this really great scene where um, a young female protagonist and um, the poet Gilberto Owen are both riding the subway in New York in their respective times, and they are sort of locking eyes. Mm. And it sounds kind of like woo-woo, but, oh, it's just so mm. – it's really tight. It's a really short novel. Mm. Um, and it was just a, a beautiful surprise. Mm. Um, and that's my favourite kind of read. Wonderful. Cool. Great recommendation. That sounds really good. And it looks about 120 pages or – something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that Jesus it's about 120 pages yeah I don't know Maybe 148 48 oh, yeah. I think you pretty Close much nailed enough. it there. Yeah. <laughs> I have no spatial awareness <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to nail that but I can't. okay who wants to go next um, Jenna I feel a little bit lame for reviewing this because has no. everybody read it no yes I mean, yes. I mean everyone yes, has we, ha we have That's not but, lame but it's at great all. to have this variety I think and yeah. it's nice to see you review something um older I know I was a little bit naughty and I read an old book <laughs> <laughs> it's such for us Call it's kind of um it's a rare treat it's a luxury. for Jenna and I to read Backlist because we are always working ahead and working for review, aren't we? So yeah. Oh, by the way, Backlist is what people in the book industry call um, older books. Yeah, anything published like 12 months before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we call it Backlist. So this is extra Backlist because it's The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath and it was one that I put on my Instagram and then people were like, oh, it's one of my favourite books. And someone even said, oh, I have that old, because I was reading an old copy. Um, I, have that, I had that cover in the 80s and um, I just really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I could it's harrowing though, eh? It is really harrowing and actually... It's so modern. 
I think. Yeah. It is modern and it's timeless. And one thing is that I re- um, really enjoyed about it is because we've reviewed my year of rest and relaxation. Mm. And then I just saw the connection come through between those two books. I felt Ooh, like my year yeah. was a new version of The Belgia. That's such a sharp observation, Jenna. Well, I was really fucked off because I was <laughs> reading The Belgia when I did my RNZ review ah. of my year of rest and relaxation. And then I finished it and I thought, oh, I should have put that in my review because I can just see how they link together. It's that New York, the kind of aimless depression. But then, I mean, of course, this seems, I mean, it's auto, semi, semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. where yeah, I don't yeah. think Otista Moshfez is. But I, maybe she obviously has some experience in depression, mm-hmm. maybe. I would, I would, I would wager. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just thought if you were looking to for a throwback, great. I would really, I really recommend it. I oh, just think it's timeless. It is, and you know Sylvia Plath, you know she just can't be really remembered and lauded enough, in my opinion. I and, agree. But one thing that really annoys me about the media around Sylvia Plath is that people always use this one photograph of Sylvia Plath. In a bikini, bikini on a beach, looking all glamazon. It's on the cover mm. of one of the most recent books about her too. That yeah. same it's image. Just, that image is like people are calling that out though. Yeah, they are. They are, and I think that's why I'm calling it out because I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, it's bloody annoying, and I, I mm. think people can do better than to just like see her as this kind of literary pinup. It's so reductionist. Yeah. And the way, the way she looks at being a woman in your role in society, I just. You know, it mm. it transcends into what people think about that today. But to think she was doing that in the sixties, it's quite revolutionary. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a thinking man's hottie, but also <laughs> an incredible writer in her own right. Absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, and it was. I didn't feel too guilty after reading. No. It. I just can't believe she, I haven't read it this whole time. Feel guilty <laughs> for reading something you enjoy. Yes, that's right. But you know, you know what it's like. Karen. I, do. I do know yeah, what it's and like. You too, Louisa. Yeah, yeah. I do too. <laughs> Karen? Oh, so when Jenna said she was going to talk about The Bell Jar, it made me think about um, my relationship to that book and another book that I read. And so I thought I'd talk about the book Pain Party's work, Sylvia Plath um, in New York, Summer 1953, which is by Elizabeth Winder. Winder. Um, so while The Bell Jar is a really harrowing story of a woman's descent into mental illness after gaining an internship at a glossy magazine, this is actually the non-fiction account of that. Um, And the hook of this book is that it's an insight into Plath from a completely different angle. So, you know, I mean, so much has been documented about Plath um, as the tortured artist who committed suicide aged 30. We've had decades of reductionist writing about her person and her writing career as a troubled young woman. Um, But this is the story of her as a very electrically alive young woman on the brink of adult life. And so it's a different kind of Sylvia. It's... um, you know, it's not the Sylvia that people know, always go on about, you know, the small children, the mugs of milk and the bread and butter mm-hmm. and the, the gas oven that people have reduced yeah. her to. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Plath before all of that, when she was kind of immersed in the material culture of her generation. And, you know, she took pleasure in clothes um, and makeup and magazines and food. And it runs quite counter, I think, to the Plath that is famous. Um, and it kind of places her as a really active participant in American mid-century culture. Um, and it's just like this account of one month, one year, um, but a really definitive month when 20 young women got um, a scholarship to work at Mademoiselle magazine in New York. Um, and to give Mademoiselle um, 
context of the time. It was publishing then new fiction by Truman Capote, Tennessee Williams, William Faulkner, Flannery O'Connor. It had real literary heft. Mm. And um, she loved it. She loved that magazine and she described it as an intellectual fashion magazine. Um, that and is it, so cool. I, so, I want yeah. that. And <laughs> so the context of this book, though, is that it illustrates New York as um, emerging as a safe haven for young, ambitious women who wanted to write and do stuff. And that time is really significant to her in terms of shaping her kind of writing style and her voice. And um, it's really cool because there's all these insights from different angles um, other guest editors who were there at the time with Sylvia, mm. they give all these insights about her. And it's really cool because it gives her a sense of being this woman who had real spark and was really engaged. And you get a sense of her being attractive and outgoing. The boys adored her. The girls adored her. One woman in there um, says she remembers Sylvia's too bright smile. And I think that's really key mm. because to me what that kind of refers to is how she was so smart and such a good writer that um, the editors instantly recognised that and so worked her really hard. And it kind of isolated her a bit, I think, mm. because she was a perfectionist too. And it's kind of, you know, to be fair, it does kind of end up with her being frazzled and rinsed out and shaky um, because of that pressure you put on yourself as a perfectionist. So, I mean, if you want a really concise biography of Plath, you'd go for Janet Malcolm's The Silent Woman. Mm. But this is just a really refreshing kind of companion piece to the bell jar. Cool. And yeah. I think it shows that, because with the bell jar, you have that inner voice of what was going on, but then you, you yeah. can have that, what she portrayed to the outside world. And that's it's such a good description of depression, yeah. isn't it? Because... You never know what people are really thinking. That's right. The outside versus the inside. This has little um, inserts from her journals as well. So first-hand account. Oh, I want to read That's that. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll try and find it and um, bring it in for you. And one of your 40 boxes of books at home. <laughs> I know, it's stressing me out. <laughs> don't talk about boxes of books. <laughs> um, it's very triggering for all of us. Live editing, do you think we should save who the fuck is for next time? Well, yeah. I think that we just did a who the fuck is. Yeah, well. With Sylvia. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is great. Okay. Job well done, guys. Great. Um, okay, well, should we go straight on to uh, not books recommendations then? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, really? Jenna, you go first. Oh. I've just started reading. Oh, no, I changed it. Don't worry. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay. I've been watching Get It to Tapapra. And it oh, is yeah. so funny. It's on Lightbox. And I know I'm in the spin-off office and no one has paid me to say this. It is genuinely <laughs> hilarious. Hayden Donnell is the host and he goes gets these kind of kitschy icons of New Zealand's um, history and his begs the people who own them to give them to him so he can get them to Tapapa. So he's done the um the dildo that hit Stephen Joyce on my tangy day. And I've watched the one with um, Oh, it's so good because he's so serious. Um, and the fruit from Big Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I can't wait fruit. to watch the Huntley one. The Decker side. The, side. the town of Huntley for the Decker side, which does, apparently doesn't go down well. But I've been really... It's 20 minutes. It's just like a great wind-down show. And, and it's I on just, Lightbox, is it's it? It's on Lightbox, yep. Yes. I didn't even know we had light box um, to, to watch this, and apparently we do at home, so that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'll just mention quickly, I've just also started watching Maniac. I keep hearing how good that is, Tina. Tina, we're pointing at each yep. other. I'm two episodes in. 
as Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, and it's kind of retro futuristic, mm. and it's so carefully considered, and I'm just completely hooked, and I can't wait to see what happens mm. next. It's amazing. The styling, wow. the sets. Ooh, um, I think you guys will really like it. I keep having it recommended to me by onto it people. So yeah. I always find that I hate most TV shows. Same. Unless it's Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> and for me, it's unless it's RuPaul's Drag Race, and I just watch that over yeah. and over again. I'm like, this is not healthy. This <laughs> Maniac is like a show that I will watch without picking up my phone once, which I think is a good. Um, there's no sort of downtime at all. It's I'm just such like a completely good hooked in. Yeah, God, that must be truly riveting. Yeah, so let's see where it goes. But there's 10 episodes. How far through are you, Tina? I'm done. You're done. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I can't wait to watch How far this. are you through? Couple. Just two. Yep. Yeah, great. So okay. I'm only in the beginning. So good. All right. Um, do you want to go next or shall I go next? Uh, yeah, I can go next. So okay. um, my not books review, uh, kind of two two things that tie in together. One is a, a BBC4 podcast I listened um, to called Arthur Russell, Vanished Into Music, and um, it's produced by Olivia Lang, um, who I love. <laughs> Olivia Lang, love. the official mascot of <laughs> Paper Cuts podcast. <laughs> um, and it's about Arthur Russell and... For those who don't know, he was an elusive and a little bit eccentric um, contributor to the New York downtown music scene in the 70s and 80s. And he played the cello and he worked with disco, hip-hop and avant-garde to make this extraordinary experimental but very pop music that sounds like nothing else you've ever heard and is so distinctly Arthur Russell. And He sadly died of AIDS in 1992, which is just such a heartbreaking loss. Um, but he was very focused and driven and productive. Um, and there was a bit of resurgence of interest in his work when a documentary called Wild Combination, a portrait of Arthur Russell, came out in 2008. And um, I saw that movie at the film festival in Wellington when it came out, and I'll never forget how I felt when I came out. I saw it with a friend, and afterwards we walked out of the cinema, and everybody who walked out were all kind of making eye contact with each other. Aww. And everybody kind of locked eyes, and it was like we'd all experienced this really beautiful thing together, and I'll never forget that feeling. It was so special. I've never felt it since, um, and I just think that documentary is such a good um, example of what a really well-made music documentary could and should be. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you like the music or not. It's just made with such care and craft, and... Um, so after listening to this really nice um, piece by Olivia Lang, I re-watched the documentary and I cried again. It's so moving, so beautiful, but uplifting and joyous and um, seriously one of the best music docos I've ever seen. Ooh. And anyone who knows me would know that I watch a lot of music documentaries. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget it. One amazing moment after another. And it compiled all this amazing footage and interviews with his parents who are still alive. Um, really sad. And his partner who um, tested for AIDS and um, didn't have it. And it turned out that, you know, Arthur had con contracted it from just a little slip up somewhere. Oh, no. And um, this partner just speaks of him with absolute love and um, respect and really, really special. So really um, sets the scene of downtown New York and San Francisco in a really kind of vibrant time. Um, and there's no bono in it. 
He doesn't show always up and say, <laughs> Arthur Russell is amazing. Yeah. You know how he always shows up in every music documentary? And it's like, why are what you are even you relevant, here? Bongo? Go away. Yeah. Um, so that's my, my recommendation. Um, yeah, and I have to say, Arthur Russell, um, he is one of those people that if you look him up, mm. you'll think that you don't know his music, but you absolutely will. And you'll hear it. sort it, of yeah. permeates yeah, yeah. Um, culture. He's had a huge influence, I think. Mm. Oh, that sounds great. Musician. So good. Thank you for those recommendations. Oh, I'm all like full of recommendations for the weekend. It's so good. Get me going. Okay, well, I have some recommendations for the weekend as well. Um, so I'm also going to briefly talk about a piece of New Zealand programming. Um, it's on Māori TV and on mm. On Demand, and it is called Aotearoa, and it is um, the concept of the show is uh, New Zealand from above. So there's lots of beautiful aerial photography of New Zealand, but actually I think that the real hook for this is that it is a history of the regions of New Zealand mm. and it really, but from a very Māori perspective, and mm. it is all um, in te reo, and you know, you learn so much interesting stuff because, um, you know, for instance I just watched um, an episode on Taranaki, mm. and, you know, you expect to, he to hear all the classics of, you know Parihaka yeah. and all that, but it, he talks about the prehistory as well, you know, the different tribes that were, um, iwi and hapu that were around the mountain, the different names that the mountain has had. Not talking mm. about Mount Egmont because that's bullshit. <laughs> um, Who, who's made this? Um, um, who's the person? So who's... the presenter is a man named Tainui Stevens. Oh, right. And um, my God, he's got a beautiful voice. Mm. It's just, I mean, he's a beautiful oh. man. He's really wonderful. And um, he's a very soothing um, persona and voice and um, it's nice because I like programs where you have the option of watching, enjoying and learning and also mm. drifting off to sleep in a really sort of soothing not a bored way but mm. in a gosh this is nice sort of way oh. and it's obviously subtitled and yes yes cool okay yeah I highly recommend that Sounds so that's great. available on Māori TV and on on demand, and it's a little gem. Is it one piece, Lou? Ah, oh, sorry, it's a series. It's a series, oh. yeah. And each series focuses on a different region of this country. Oh, yes. yeah. I love cool. Maori television. Mm. Oh, so Maori television. Just recommend that. Actually, best programming, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's so good. I and mean, they show amazing films on top of that yeah. as well. I've been watching. Um, because I've been learning te reo, um, Dora Matatoa, Dora the Explorer, oh. um, every day. And it's not subtitled, but it's very repetitive mm. and um, Good for learning. Basic. That's bloody yeah. awesome. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to Māori TV. Yeah, it's so cool that it's available for, and also for little kids growing up speaking te reo, yeah. just yeah. have a little show to watch. Um, and I just had another quick mini mm -hmm. um, recommendation, which is, um, so the Central City Library in Auckland, they, due to apparently popular demand, they have, um, they've extended their hours on Sundays and um, you have to book, but from four till five every Sunday, they are doing a tour of their multi-level basement. Oh, great. Oh my God. Just so many Have books. you done it? I did it. <gasps> Um, so, yeah, that yeah. sounds really good. Well, someone told me about it in passing, um, and I was like, oh, cool. And, like, I had, like, kind of, like, 50% of the information. And so I just kind of, <laughs> like, on a sun last, um, the Sunday that's just been, I just hopped on the bus and turned up. And then I was like, wait a minute. There's probably <laughs> – you probably just can't rock up at 4.30. And so they were like – Oh, and then they just kindly kind of let me do a tour. Aww. Anyway, um, you know, shout out to the lovely, lovely, um, li lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely library. Lovely. <laughs> I love Stuff. library tours. Shout out to Carl. Don't remember your last name. Carl from the basement. Um, and, That's wonderful. Um, and to the other person as well. They, they were so great. And they were just like, yeah, yeah. And they just like 
took me down to the basement and they showed me all the um I was kind of there for um some research purposes but also just for interest's sake mm. and it was so cool and they showed me the little machine that they used to use to whisk books up from the uh, from the basement yeah. up to it and I sort of asked them why they were doing this and they said that um they had had some feedback aka you know moaning from people saying oh there's not enough books on the library floor anymore you know mm, because a lot of people there are, are a lot of that. other priorities yes. for libraries nowadays yeah. some of which I think are really admirable mm. like providing spaces uh, for people to use the internet and you know also there's a large homeless community down in Auckland that the yeah. library has done some cool work with. Mm. Um, My anyway. friend Hamish did amazing work um, creating the book book club for That's the homeless people. About, yeah. so shout out to Hamish. Shout out to Hamish and the book club. Um, yeah, we love a book club. So yeah, I'd really recommend that. So you just need to go to, um, we'll put the link up, but you mm. just need to go to their website. Um, ideally book it so that you don't put the lovely library people out. Um, definitely book it actually and um, just see some of the incredible books that aren't on display on the on the library floors That's what was great. the most interesting thing you saw on the tour probably the machine but honestly <laughs> I, I I was kind of whisked through because they were just doing me a favor by <laughs> me to, so I'm gonna go back yeah and have cool. more yeah. of a look paper cuts field trip yes oh, that sounds like a nice Sunday a lot of libraries activity. and institutions do that though don't they like the museum offers something like that too I just think that's so great oh, it's so cool what a great op- what a great opportunity yeah. to do something with your mates that doesn't involve getting drunk as well you know nice little field outing well you could have a little hip plusk and do it at the same time <laughs> yeah this, it's now that now you're talking yeah. <laughs> okay yep. let's let's do our quiz it's, oh cool it's the the quiz is what literary witch are you? Can't wait to see what you guys yeah, got. And thanks to James who sent this through to us on Twitter. Oh, um, James, you saved our bacon. Thanks, James. It's actually really hard finding quizzes to do. And I thought, man, he knows us well. He does. Just from, I don't know who he is, but he knows us well. And he got it from the Wellington City Library's book riot, riot quiz sharing cool. situation. Jenna, Jenna, what did you get? I got Sally Owens from Practical <gasps> Magic. Me too. Oh, crikey. <laughs> Me too. Oh, no, you did I got that as well. And I was like, I was like, Were you guys disappointed. I was just like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, this doesn't sound anything like me at all. I think. Same. Do you think it's because our animal would have been cats? cats. So, no, no. But I my animal's not cat. Yours would have been a bat. Um, no, I think it was a rabbit. Because oh. um, I've been told that I have a bit of a sort of rodenty look. So. <laughs> um, did you say your space was a bookshop? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I said that like my magical power would be like herbs and stuff. And, oh, same. And what did you yeah, say? Yeah, me too. Your, not a wand, um, too phallic. What did you say your like curse would be? Uh what were the options for that? Oh, again? bad Wi-Fi. Did you? Uh, no, mine was um. Oh, it was making people feel like they forgot to turn the oven off. Because oh. I thought that's me. I did the itchy bites. Oh. I laughed at the cracked screen one. Yeah. I thought oh, they'll be thinking of me. When yeah. I cracked the screen. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. um, Sally Owens. Um, yeah, Practical Magic is a film with um, Sandra Bullock. I've actually Bullock seen it. Plays. It's a book. I've seen it. It's a book too. Yes, by Alice, by Alice, Hoffman. Alice Hoffman. Yep. And I was like, wow, Alice Hoffman has written all of those yeah. books. Yeah. She's been around for a while. Yeah, I didn't realize it was an Alice Hoffman. But I've seen the film. It's not that great. <laughs> it's got Nicole Kidman no. and Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. It's it's pretty crap, but it's fun. It's a fun witchy film. 
film. Hey, I think I saw that when I was reviewing films for the Sunday Star Times. Really? I might have reviewed it. Oh, we should um, yeah, see if we can find it. it. Up. I really, I, I just watched the trailer and I was yeah. like, oh, this movie, but I loved that they played Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Oh, so at like, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1998. Yeah. <laughs> and it describes us as being kind and warm-hearted. We're known for being down-to-earth when it comes to magic. We're very close to our family, spend much of our time caring for our loved ones, and we avoid using our powers unless it's absolutely necessary. Yawn. I know. to be a bad witch. We're not like that. We're spiky. Yeah, we're witchy, bad witches. Oh, what famous witch did you say you were? Uh, What were the options again? What did you say, Jenna? I said the Bette Midler. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I chose a different one, but I can't remember. I what. think Tina, I might have done the, the Snow witch, White one. Did you do the witch quiz? Okay, we're going to make you do the witch quiz. Yeah. I think I did the Snow White witch. Oh, okay. The one that looked, you know, as yeah. goth as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, I guess. That was, a, that was a fun quiz. I had to do it three times because I kept forgetting hey. the name of the person that I got. And it kind of disappeared, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And then it went into a. Part two yeah. quiz. I yeah. can't even remember who I got for that too. I didn't do that. I was like, oh, quite angry about being Sally Owens. Um, okay, is that us for today? That's us. That's us for October. Thank you so much to Tina, who not only is a genius who records this podcast and does so many other things, but she also did the artwork for Paper Cuts. Yeah. Uh, we love so it, great. Iconic. Iconic. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to the Spin Offs Books page, Unity. Um, the spin-off in general. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us. Thank you for having us. Um, send us an email. Oh, and remember, yeah, remember the tote competition. Mm, get in yeah. touch. Good yeah. excuse to get in touch. Send us an email and we will check it in due course. And we'll announce the winner on the next pod. Totes. Oh, totes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Ka kite. Happy reading. Bye for now. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.